Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello and welcome to How to Be Fine. I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jolanta Greenberg. And in each episode of How to Be Fine, we weigh in on what's happening in the world of happiness and health and betterment. And we offer a bit of advice for those who want it. Now, full disclosure, we're not psychologists, psychiatrists, social workers, or any other kind of mental health professional, but we are experienced self-help critics. We've lived by the rules of nearly 100 self-help books for our other podcast, By the Book, so we've tried on almost every kind of wellness trend out there. And besides, as the name of the show would suggest, we're not here promising to make you the best, richest, happiest version of yourself. If all goes well, we'll just help you feel a little closer to fine. Alrighty, Jolenta. We have a couple of very good advice letters to get to later in the show. But first, as usual, we're kicking things off with our hot topic. And today we have something that's been trending like wild. Oh, I love a good trend. Fill me in. Why do I not already know about it? Oh, I need to know. Today's hot topic is lucky girl syndrome. Oh, yeah. I think I have been seeing some references to this lucky girl syndrome on TikTok and like my Instagram vids. I definitely seen the hashtag. Yes, it is everywhere. It's on social. It's in publications like New York Magazine and Vox and all of the self-improvement websites. It's in over a dozen self-published ebooks currently on Amazon. There are a lot of lucky girl syndrome books. Ooh. It is in the ether. 
So I think I have an idea of what lucky girl syndrome is. But for those of you who don't, could you please explain, Kristen? Well, I'll start out by telling you what its proponents think it is. And then I'll tell you what I personally think it is. AKA rip it to shreds. I mean, (laughs) I'm joking. I can't wait to hear. (laughs) All right. So lucky girl syndrome started popping up as a term on TikTok in late 2022, according to its proselytizers, most of whom are young white women, and that's important. It's a manifestation technique that comes down to saying every day, many times a day, I'm so lucky everything just works out for me. You say it in the mirror. You say it as you're walking down the street. You say it even when things maybe don't feel like they're going well for you. You just keep saying, I'm so lucky. Everything works out for me. The universe is rigged in my favor. And if you repeat the phrase enough and with enough conviction, lucky girls say you'll receive everything you want, including money, followers, sponsorship, swag, fame, all the thing an influencer wants. Wow. That's quite lucky. Yes, but it isn't just about saying the mantra, believing and receiving. According to Laura Galib, I am sorry if I'm not pronouncing your name right, Laura, she is a lucky girl TikToker with nearly a quarter million followers. She says the lucky girl lifestyle also comes down to avoiding quote unquote negative energy, and that includes spotting and eliminating insecure friends. It also requires being delusional with lucky girl (laughs) content, often including the hashtag be delusional. And oh, like literally like that, the wording is involved. I thought you were just poking fun. (laughs) No, 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 no. And and pay attention, though, to that term, Jolenta, that word that I just said. Hashtag be delusional. Yes. Hold on to that because we are going to come back to that. Oh, I'm holding. (laughs) (laughs) so now that i've told you what lucky girl syndrome is according to lucky girls themselves Mm -hmm. i'm going to tell you what i actually personally think it is yes please so first and foremost i think it's a rehashing of Rhonda burns the secret right of course that's what it sounds like the 2006 best-selling book and movie loved by oprah tried on by us in the very first episode of By the Book. If you go all the way back in our current feed, you can find it. Exactly. That's right. The secret, if you're not familiar with it, claims that there is a law of attraction in the universe. And according to this law, we attract what we think about and thoughts literally become things. For example, if we think enough and say enough and believe enough that we're millionaires, if I say to myself, I am a millionaire, I can feel the money. I know I'm a millionaire. The money is in the bank. Guess what'll happen? I will become a millionaire. I love it. But also, then there's the flip side of this law of attraction, which is if we get sick or if something bad happens to us, it's because we sent out like sick thoughts or bad thoughts into the universe and we attracted those things to us. Yeah, that's one of the less exciting parts of the law of attraction. Yeah. Now, full disclosure here in the name of academic transparency, even though The Secret is the most famous version of this manifestation belief system for our generation, Jolenta. It was also around in the 20th century. More than 75 years ago, mystic Neville Lancelot referred to it as the law of assumption, not the law of attraction. And of course, Norman Vincent Peale, another author who wrote a book we live by called The Power of Positive Thinking. Right. He was talking about this all the way back in 1952. 
and many other self-help authors gave it their own moniker along the way, gave it their own spin. It's been around for a long time. So in other words, it's this theory that's been sort of repackaged for at least three generations. Oh, yeah. Minimum. Minimum three generations. But this gets to the second point I want to make about who's doing the repackaging and Mm. where they first learned about the thing that they are repackaging. Interesting. You got to look at your source. Yes. And this gets to the second point I want to make about who's doing the repackaging and where they first learned about the thing that they are repackaging. And in the case of lucky girl syndrome, there's a word I asked you to remember, Jolenta. Uh, delusional. Hashtag be delusional. Yes, of course. Yes. And in my research, and of course, I will be linking to all of my sources in the show notes, I couldn't help but notice that before young white women started referring to themselves as lucky girls in late 2022 and using the hashtag be delusional, young black women were referring to themselves as delusional girls themselves Mm. in a TikTok trend that started in 2021. So that's at least a year before Lucky Girls existed. These black women were encouraging each other to, quote, be delusional in their quest for love, adventure, financial security, and career advancement. Shantae Joseph, who sees herself as a delusional girl, explained it this way to the cut. She said, imagining an alternate reality where I am soaring despite the limitations of my identity feels like a respite. Oh, wow. Yeah. In the face of structural inequalities of racism, of sexism, and so on, It is, in a way, she's essentially saying, delusional to think things could go my way. It's delusional to think I'm going to soar despite all of this. Yeah. Wow. So perhaps it's a coincidence that these two things came about, one right after the other, or... uh Perhaps do we think this is a situation where maybe some young white women repackaged something in 2022 that black women had already popularized in 2021? I don't know. I mean, maybe it is. But, you know, the fact is there is a long track record of white women in the wellness space taking ownership of ideas and traditions that originate with people of color. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's what was happening here. Yeah, you know, like how Gwyneth Paltrow told the Wall Street Journal in 2018 that she single-handedly made yoga popular. Thank you, Gwyneth, for introducing the world to yoga. Nobody had ever heard of it before you. I mean, we all know it was Madonna who made it popular (laughs) in like 2002, but whatever. No, I'm joking. (laughs) It does make me wonder if these lucky girls with their lucky girl syndrome see the element of race as a factor in their luck. Ah, well, I can't obviously speak for all the lucky girls out there. There are thousands of them. Of course. But in most of the videos I've watched, and I have watched a lot of these videos, and no, I'll never get that time back. (laughs) There is no mention of race or privilege in the videos I've seen. That being said, you know, I can't speak for all lucky girls. And I do know that at least one spoke on the record to the cut, Samantha Palazzo. She's a TikToker who went viral as a lucky girl. And she was frank and forthright about race here. She says, as a white female who has had pretty much every privilege possible, it's a lot easier for me to tap into these mindsets and look at how abundant the world is because that's the world I was born into. So in other words, the world has always been abundant for her. So of course she can believe it's abundant. Like, yeah, that makes it pretty easy to buy in. 
like, oh, things are going to go my way. Oh, surprise. My parents paid for my college because they were always going to pay for my college because they have generational wealth. (laughs) We always knew that was going to happen. Yes. (laughs) So for her, abundance actually isn't delusional at all. It's the result of, you know, being at the top of the structural inequality mountain. And this gets to one of the many reasons why I've always hated the whole manifestation universe. To a great extent, it relies on that hierarchy. To be on top, other people have to be on the bottom, right? And those people at the bottom, they can just be blamed for their position. That's one of the other magic things about all of this, you know, way of thinking. After all, if they did a better job of thinking positively, Jolenta, if they put better thoughts out into the universe, maybe they wouldn't be where they are. Then they would have been born into, like, more generational wealth, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, they just weren't thinking hard enough. They weren't sending their thoughts into the universe enough. They weren't believing enough in their own luck. It was all of that. It was their thought process. It wasn't wealth hoarding or racism, no, right? No, no. So, <laughs> so Kristen, uh, I think it's safe to say that you... Hate lucky girl syndrome. Uh, <laughs> this trend, you're not a fan. <laughs> I hate a lot of aspects of it, but I also totally understand why people are drawn to it, especially now. Manifesting tends to grow in popularity as a thought exercise, as a belief system every time there's a huge social or economic upheaval in the world. Mm-hmm. For example, after September 11th, People were devouring things like The Secret. They freaking loved it. Right, right, right. We needed to believe that, like, we could control the things around us. Yeah. When things felt out of control, it gave them the idea that maybe they could control some things. And we've seen it again during the pandemic. In 2020, the hashtag manifestation had only 3.4 billion views on TikTok, which, yeah, that's still a lot of views. I mean, that's so many views. (laughs) But today, it is roughly 10 times that. It's like 30 billion Holy views Holy shit. No way. Wow. Yeah. And I do have to say, Kristen, you yourself, like, you are a positive thinker. You tend to look on the bright side. You tend to hope for the best and sort of visualize the best outcomes a lot more than, than myself or other people we know. Like, I know you believe in looking on the bright side, just not like assuming you control the bright side, right? Right. Yes, that's that's very true. And I, I, I would be remiss not to mention that or to mention the fact that some people think I'm a Pollyanna and some people <laughs> think that I'm like delusional, too. But the way I see it is looking for beauty and kindness in the world helps give me the fortitude to keep going, because mm. otherwise I would probably just descend into misery thinking about what a garbage heap the planet is, you know? So, Ooh, yeah, l- looking for some beauty and kindness in the world helps me to feel more resilient in the face of all of this. It makes me not just ask myself every day, what is the point anymore? I also think that positivity makes me more fun to be around, probably more fun to work with, probably a better friend, because I'm guessing if all I did was just complain endlessly, you would never want to hang out with me. Most people would be so tired of me if all I did was just like, and another thing, and I hate this. And, you know, that can be fun here and there. But if that was me all the time, right. <laughs> I think it would be boring after a while. Just like dull, right? It's pretty one note. Yeah. <laughs> and also just positivity makes me happy. Like I love walking down the street listening to a funny podcast with a goofy smile on my face. Mm. And we're, you know, when people pass me and they do a double take, 
That makes me happy. I like that. I like looking for flowers growing out of the sidewalk. I like looking for little moments of magic in the world. It makes me happier than not looking for the good in the world. So yes, I do. I would say look on the bright side. You're right there. I do. I do. But it doesn't mean that people who don't look for the flowers in the sidewalk deserve it if they get sick. It's not that I think that people at the bottom of the heap asked for it. Nobody is asking for bad things to happen to them. I really don't think so. But Jolent, I am curious, you as a much bigger consumer of TikTok. Yes. How do you feel about this whole lucky girl trend that's all over TikTok now? And how do you feel about positive thinking more broadly? I mean, positive thinking is good. Like you said, you know, looking on the bright side helps you be easier to be around. Like, you know, as someone who struggles with depression and always looking on the negative side, that's true. It's something I work on in therapy, like being able to find moments of joy that help me put one foot in front of the other, helps me stay healthier mentally and physically, and helps me be a better friend, family member wife, you know, all those things. So like looking on the bright side, good, like finding things that bring you joy and like indulging in them. Good. Assuming you deserve them because of magical thinking, kind of silly, you know, it has its limitations. I understand why lucky girl syndrome is trending right now. I feel like it makes sense, especially for like super young Gen Zers who like maybe graduated during the pandemic. They want to spread their wings and feel like they can control their universe and feel like they're going to experience things that they were robbed of for the past few years. So like I like it from sort of like an anthropological view where I'm like, why are we doing this? (laughs) But again, the same as the secret and any sort of power of positive thinking, law of attraction stuff. It works for people who are privileged and it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy, but it doesn't work if you're not born with certain things that make life easier, whether it's race, socioeconomic status, just good connections. Those things help more than like just assuming luck will come to you, sadly. I wish it weren't true, but it is. Yeah, it is true. There is that possibility that all of these young white women maybe just stole a hashtag from young black women too, which makes it even more of a problem. Right. It seems very appropriated. And I have to say, as someone who uh, is dealing with a chronic illness, it also is like, I don't want to think I brought this on myself. I just want to think it was fucking randomness and genetics and like stuff turning on inside of my body and nothing to do with I put too much negative energy out there. Like that would really suck. Oh, you brought it on yourself. It needs to be much more random than that, please. (laughs) Yes, yes. But I want to know what our listeners think. Please send us your thoughts on lucky girl syndrome. Are you a fan? Are you lucky? Are you hashtag being delusional? Do you hate magical thinking like that? Write us at kristenangelenta at gmail.com. Or you can join in with all the lively discussions at our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash kristenangelenta. Yes. And the word groups is very important there. Facebook.com slash groups. It's a private group. It's not a page. There is a Kristen and Jolenta page on Facebook, but remember that word groups in there. That's where all the hot private goss is happening. Yes, exactly. (laughs) 
We're going to take a quick break, but coming up, we'll hear from a letter writer who's struggling with indecision. Some people like to deep clean every Saturday morning. I prefer to spend a few minutes every day keeping things fresh with Lysol. Lysol's disinfecting wipes conveniently tackle surfaces, including remotes, tablets, and smartphones, killing 99.9% of viruses and bacteria. <sighs> Don't just clean, Lysol clean. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. All righty. We are back with our first listener letter of the day. Joel Lenta, what do they have to say? All right. Our letter writer says, Dear Kristen Angelenta, I struggle to make decisions big and small. Whenever I go to a restaurant, I agonize over what to eat, even when dietary restrictions limit me to only two options. Making actual big life decisions is even harder. I'm finishing a master's degree soon, and I'm trying to decide what to do after graduation. For the last few weeks, I've been totally overwhelmed by this question. I recently received a solid offer that I will have to accept or decline before I know if I'll be offered another position I'm interviewing for that may be a better fit with my goals. I've tried everything. I've made countless pros and cons lists. I've talked to everyone who will listen. I've tried getting as much information as I can, but it feels like I'll never know enough. I keep going back and forth and can't seem to stick to one side. It's been a huge source of stress, bigger than all my classes combined, and I struggle to think about anything else. I won't ask you to tell me which way to go, but what advice do you have for indecisive people, especially when having to make big decisions? Please don't tell me to just pick something or listen to my gut. I get told that all the time. And if I knew how to do either of those things, I wouldn't have this problem. How can I gain more clarity on what I actually want? Oh, letter writer. I don't think you're alone here. I think a lot of people struggle with decision making. I think a lot of us worry, am I choosing the right or wrong thing? And I have some ideas for you that hopefully will help. Hopefully. First, just a big picture perspective thing. And I, I really don't mean to minimize what you're going through or minimize what anyone's going through. But my big picture thing I just want to say here is most of these things don't matter as much as you think they do. You can find another job if you don't like the job you pick. You can eat another meal tomorrow if you don't like the dinner you're having today. We are fortunate to live in a world where we have certain options that maybe people of the past didn't. We have certain abilities. We have access to education like you do, letter writer. We have all sorts of options that they didn't have in, let's say, feudal Europe or in other times in history. So there are options. You're never trapped with the decision you make. You might think you're trapped, 
but you're not actually trapped. And there's another chance tomorrow to do things differently. So that's just kind of a big picture perspective I want to give you. You can always change your mind tomorrow. You can change your mind 15 minutes from now if you want to also. That's fine. But second of all, I just want to give you a tool or a framework that might help you with this indecision problem. It is from a book, Jolenta, you and I lived by a couple of years ago for Buy the Book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. And Jolenta, do you remember the no-lose decision model? Remind me. (laughs) So the no-lose decision model is one where you're not saying, oh, but this is good and this is bad and here's the list of pros and here's the list of cons. Instead, you list all the ways things will go right with either decision. That way you're not paralyzed by am I doing something wrong, but instead you are reassured that no matter what decision you make, it'll be a good one. You'll see the win-win in it. And if for some reason as you're putting together your no-lose decision model, as you're listing all the good things about the steak and potatoes versus the salmon and string beans, as you're listing all the good things about both, if it turns out you're having a problem listing good things about one of them, just take that off the table and eat the other one. But oftentimes what you're going to find is you'll be relieved to find either decision is fine, that there is no bad decision. And I have found that to help me in life because When it comes down to it, it's like, oh, if anything, I'll learn here. If anything, I'll know that I'll get some experience from this job, even if it's not the best job long term. If anything, I'll make new contacts here. If anything, I will learn how certain systems work within my profession and so on. And so I'll see all of the good in this. And I know you told us not to tell you what to do, letter writer, (laughs) but I'm going to tell you what to do here. You say that you don't necessarily want to take a job in the offhand chance that another job you applied for might call you back for an interview and after interviewing you might offer you a job. That's about three steps away from you having another job and you want to turn down a job offered that you already have. I might take a moment right now to list all the ways you can win with a job offer you have and then be okay later on if that other job materializes, how you'll win by quitting this job and moving to the other one. So I think part of your decision issue is you're fearing the worst will happen no matter what. And instead, maybe look at all the ways you can win. Everything can be a win-win situation. And then also remember, you can always change your mind later. You can always leave that job. That's what I was thinking. My initial thought is someone who's been probably in the job market longer and learned how easy it is to quit a job, you can take the current job offer. And if the other job you're more interested in pans out a month or two later, be like, actually not the best fit. So sorry. And leave. Yeah. So you're not like beholden to one. This isn't like college early acceptance where you have to like fully commit and can't look at any other jobs. Yeah. And even that early admittance college thing, Uh, spoiler, people get around it all the time. (laughs) I mean, there's all sorts of things where, you know, I remember there was one friend, I was uh, her maid of honor in her wedding. And right before the wedding, she's like, I don't want to marry him. And I'm like, you don't have to. You can stop this right now. Do you want me to go out and make a speech? It's all good. And she said, no, all these people are here. And I said, it's never too late to say, I don't want to do this anymore. 
it's you can do it you can do it right now if you want to you can do it after two days on the job if you want to there's always a way out and you don't have to stay the course if it's terrible totally one other last tip for the letter writer i find sometimes when i'm having trouble making hard decisions I'll either flip a coin or tell someone to choose for me. And then if I get pissed off at the outcome, I usually know I, I kind of wanted the other thing more. Yes, I like that method. So it's like situational, case by case, person by person. But it's definitely helped once in a while where I've asked my partner, Brad, like, should I leave this job? Like, it's just not satisfying. And he'd be like, nah, it's too good on paper. You can't. And I'm like, fuck you for saying that. I can. And I'm like, oh, I think I want to quit. <laughs> but it helped you clarify things in your head. It did. Because at first it seemed like total like 50-50 feelings on each. But then it turns out, no, I had stronger feelings for, for one option. Yeah, I think that's a great quick method, too. So there you go. A couple of different methods, letter writer, and maybe an overarching worldview that you don't have to be trapped with your decision forever. Right. I, I hope that feels freeing to you. Anytime I feel like, oh, no, I'm trapped in a decision, I remind myself, I can always change my mind. I can always leave. I can always do something different. And you can, too. Yeah. All right. We are going to take a quick break. But before we do, we would be so grateful if you would take a moment and rate us and review us in your podcast player, wherever you're listening. Just look down, give us five stars, write a little ditty about how fun the show is. It's good for the show. It's good for helping other people find the show. Spread the love. Coming up, a letter writer wants to take things to the next level. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with SiriusXM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Okay, we are back with our second letter of the day. Kristen, would you read it for my ears and everyone else's ears? Yes, of course. Our letter writer says, Dear Kristen and Jolenta, hi there. I'm looking for ideas of how to bring more glamour into my everyday life. So far, I've tried fresh flowers, using the fancy pottery, and candles. What are your ideas? Oh, letter writer. Or should I say glamour letter writer? <laughs> so many ideas for you. First of all, I love this question. I love that you're looking for ideas to bring a special feeling to the everyday and probably smaller ideas. You know, you're not looking to overhaul everything, paint it all in gold. Like you've mentioned fresh flowers, fancy pottery candles. You're looking for details to just make your everyday life feel more special, maybe a little more indulgent because you deserve it. I love it. Me too. Yeah. Just add some sparkle to your life. Yes. And I have so many suggestions. One thing that always makes me feel glamorous is like a robe of some sort. Either you got your big fluffies for out of the shower, like you're at a fancy spa, or a thinner sort of silk 
type fabric one that makes you feel like literally old Hollywood glamour, getting ready in your dressing room type robe. Just like wandering around the house with that over your pajamas to grab some coffee makes you kind of feel pretty glamorous. My mom does this and I've learned from staying at her place once in a while and watching her where I'm like, oh, this like changes her whole demeanor in the morning. She's kind of, you know, cranky and bleary eyed. And then she tosses on that robe and all of a sudden she's like strutting down the hall to make her coffee. And it's like, yes, I love that. So just, you know, an extra layer can add some glamour. And also my other suggestions are around lighting and electricity. Lamps add glamour too. They change the lighting. No one likes overhead lighting. I'm using it right now. I hate it. Um, I look like shit if it weren't for this ring light directly in my face acting as a lamp. Lamps make everything feel more glamorous. You can get some nice, like, warm LED bulbs that, like, last forever. And also hiding your cords, getting some sort of cord cover that either matches your wall coloring or you can paint to match your wall coloring. It's kind of tedious and annoying to do, but when you have a bunch of your cords sort of hidden away, it really makes things feel like cleaner and more glamorous. I absolutely agree with all of those things, Jolenta. The cord thing, I am huge on the cord thing. Cords can make things look so sloppy. They can be a tripping hazard. There's nothing glamorous about tripping hazards. Like this closet I'm recording in looks like a fucking dorm room exploded or something. There are cords, (laughs) so many cords everywhere. I have not followed my own advice in my little home studio, and it makes me sick. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But it's annoying, and they're everywhere, and you're always getting caught in them. And I'm like, wow, I wish this was like our glamorous living room. (laughs) Sorry, I interrupted. I'm so on board with that. Just a few more things I want to add. And full disclosure, I've stolen some of these ideas from you, Jolenta, and past (gasps) suggestions you've given me. So one of the suggestions is switch from paper products over to real cloth. And I'm talking about napkins specifically for dinner, but not just about dinner napkins, which I think add a level of elegance to things, but also handkerchiefs. Jolenta, you've been using handkerchiefs for years and years. You're not just blowing your nose on a roll of toilet paper that's wadded up in the bottom of your bag like I used to do. Um, you're, you're the person who got me out of that. Like, I would pull out some paper from my bag, and it would just keep going and going and going. She would always have a toilet paper roll in her bag. <laughs> that was her Kleenex. And that was not elegant. That was not glamorous. That, that did not say, hello, welcome to the abode. It said, I get everything I need from the bathroom. It said, like, I have a runny nose or I'm going to TP your house. (laughs) But having actual cloth to blow your nose on, it just feels nicer on the nose. When you're patting away a tear because you're watching a made-for-TV movie that makes you cry, it feels a little higher class than just that toilet paper in in a bunch. Real cloth products can up the level. They're also more eco-friendly, obviously. So that's always nice. So I highly recommend just looking around like what paper products can I replace with cloth because that will make things feel a little bit higher end. Love that. Another suggestion I want to make is maybe have a signature item, either an accessory or a makeup item that is just part of your look. So I always wear lipstick, for example. 
And everybody knows Kristen always has red lipstick on or bright pink lipstick. And have that one signature item. For a friend I used to work with, Odalia, it was always a cat eye liquid eyeliner. She wore that every single day. And another item that I myself have is my jackets always have a flower corsage on them. And that's just a little something extra that, you know, it takes no effort. Maybe once every five years, the flower corsage falls apart and I buy a new one. She means like a pin, like a like a cute sort of think like early Carrie Bradshaw flower pin, but not as big. I did it before her, though. I just want to say she copied me. I'm sorry. It's just my only touchstone. Okay, (laughs) she copied me. It's okay. She copied Kristen. Someone was in New York, (laughs) spotted Kristen wandering around Soho and they were like, this girl has Carrie's style. We're going to steal it. But just having one little signature item, um, my friend Carly, for her, it's gold shoes. She has gold Mm, Birkenstocks, gold running shoes. Every footwear she has is metallic gold. And it's just her little signature item that adds some glamour. So, yeah, maybe have a signature accessory, whether it's makeup or actually, you know, shoes or jewelry or something else. And then maybe add some of those other touches to your life that Jolenta mentioned. Hopefully that'll leave you feeling a bit more glamourful. But listeners, we want to hear from you. How do you add a little bit of glamour to your day? And for our other letter writer, what do you do when you're having a problem making a decision? Reach out to us at kristenangelenta at gmail.com and share what you do. We all want to hear it. it for this episode of how to be fine huge thank you to our executive producer nora ritchie our producer Chantal holder and our composer and engineer casey holford reminder you can always weigh in on the conversation at facebook.com slash groups slash kristen angelenta or on instagram that's at how to be fine pod until next time i'm jolanta greenberg and i'm kristen meinzer thanks so much for listening We'll see you next week. Until then, stay fine. Stitcher. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.